What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday, April 21st. We have got a soccer super league. We've got the Nets injury plague. We got the New York Stankies, Zion Madness, and a whole lot more. The Wire starts now. Welcome, welcome to The Wire. Oh, we hope you enjoyed the H2G podcast. They got serious talking about human trafficking, but we done with all that. It's sports time. Fellas, real quick, how you doing? Good, good, good. Ready to go. Let's say Sahi and I just get off work, man. Let's do this. All right. Yeah, I've had a couple hours to sit and stew and think about sports, so I'm, I'm ready to roll. Um, <laughs> I get off work early because I start early. What can I say? What can I say? All right. Um, well, first things first, let's talk some NFL uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so the NFL 2020 comeback player of the year is not coming back for another season. Um, just a reminder, Alex Smith, um, he came back after 17 surgeries uh, and a life-threatening injury um, and announced his retirement this week uh, after 16 full seasons in the NFL. Um, first and foremost, does this news shock anybody? No. No. I was hoping he, he'd go ahead and hang him up. Just, you know what I'm saying? He, like uh, his coach said, he was worried about him every time he, he went out there and played. You never know what's going to happen. He, you know what I'm saying? He almost lost his life the first time. It's just amazing that he was able to get through this season. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was inspirational to watch. And I think he'll do better things outside of the NFL than he could have done in the NFL. Richie, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, it was kind of overdue. I'll say this much. You know, he worked his butt off to get where he was at. And he led the Washington football team to the best of his capabilities. And I, I don't think you can, you know, ask much more than that. Washington did not want to continue with him. He uh, allegedly had opportunities to play one more in Jacksonville. But I think, you know, like for Alex, he's a competitor. He wasn't just trying to play another year. He wanted to try to win a championship. So he wasn't about to go to Jacksonville. Uh, also, I have a quick special guest in the lobby. I was going to say, uh, do, do I? All right. Let me go ahead and. This guest will not be here for long, but they have something they need to say about the sports world. <laughs> we got Christy from the H2G podcast. I, I, hey. Well, hello. Are you here to talk sports with us? I am. All right. Well, we just we're talking about Alex Smith at the moment. <laughs> oh, and all those double dribbles and free throws that he's doing. From the half court. No. No. Football. <laughs> I knew this. I mean, all them punts and stuff. Close. 
Warmer. You didn't kick it. No, no, no. Not the feet. Mm. No. The arm. That quarterback is amazing. There, there we go. go. There we yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Former MVP. Former MVP. Um, that is the most valuable punter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> player. <laughs> like I said, the most valuable player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's up, Christy? Nothing. Uh, I just was like, I need to check in on my guys. Yeah, you're can you give her a basketball topic, Justin, while we're yeah. talking about double dribbles? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, we can talk a little basketball. Uh, let's see here. What have we got? What have we got? There's there's a whole lot going on in basketball. Okay, how about Zion Williamson? Uh, did you guys see that uh, he, he basically set New York and New Orleans Twitter's uh, servers completely on fire? I mean, uh, they just, uh, he plays... For everyone who doesn't know, he plays for the New Orleans Pelic- New Orleans Pelicans, uh, and they lost to the Knicks this past week. And in a post-game interview, he said, "New York is the mecca of basketball. I love playing here. I played here in college. This is my first time playing uh, here in the pros. And this atmosphere, whether they're cheering or booing for you, it's amazing. Outside of New Orleans, obviously, this might be my favorite place to play." Um, first off, before we get into this, everybody, I just want to point out that due to COVID restrictions, there was only like 35 people allowed in that that stadium. <laughs> so all the cheering and booing, I don't know exactly what he was talking about. Uh, but my question is, who should be more concerned about Zion's statements, uh, the, the Knicks fans or the Pelicans fans? Christy, what do you think? I came on here as a joke. I don't know what the fuck you are talking about. You lost me at Zion, which, you know what? Zion is actually my husband's handle for Steam, and I am Zion Wifey, so I that much. Okay, so you like Zion then. Yeah, love it. Love that. I gotta agree with you, Christy. He's a good he's a good ball player. Yeah. Really. So amazing. He does a double dribble, makes all of his shots. Uh, not all of them. <laughs> he makes so many free throws and three pointers. Curry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Just, just saying tight, Christy. Sahi, uh, who do you think should be more concerned here? The Knicks fans or the Pelicans fans? Natural, it'd be the Pelicans, you know. Um, you, you, you're a part of the uh, the, the Pelicans. You, you don't go talking about another city and another team. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's like, do you even do you really want to be here? Like, if if you want to play in New York so much, go to New York, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I mean, it, does the fact that it's Madison Square Garden have anything to do with it? It is a legendary place for sports of all kinds. Oh, who cares? It hasn't <laughs> been relevant in 40 fucking years, dude. <laughs> the, last time, the last time they were in a championship was like 1977. That was, yeah, that was over 40 years ago before I was fucking born. Get out of here. <laughs> all I can say is to Zion Williamson, that fat ass, he, shut the hell up, dude. You're here in New Orleans. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're complaining about. You're getting paid millions of dollars. And, oh, you Shut up. You know, the other person who says that a lot is LeBron James. And, you know, I'll give him some leeway because at least he's like the goat. You know, this kid <laughs> hasn't done anything. The, the most notable thing he's known for is r- like running so hard his shoes broke. 
That's what he's known for. He's that fat. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, Said, do you have a rebuttal? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, Madison Square Garden. It is a, you know, what I'm saying, legendary place to play. He could be the savior to come and help turn that franchise back to his glory days. Um, but I, I just would have kept that statement in my back pocket for right now. Did Kyrie and Kevin Durant go over there? I thought they went to the Nets. Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to win? I don't understand. All I heard was this guy is the Pelican Jesus, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's that's yeah. about right. Yeah, that's, All right. that's what he was supposed Even to be. Even Steph Curry? Steph Curry? Yeah, we'll, we'll roll over to Steph. Okay, so uh, this is something that, that's been on my mind. Uh why aren't we talking more Steph Curry here on The Wire, on ESPN, on SportsCenter, on First Take? You name the show. He really not. He's not getting brought up right now. But guys, uh, just to point out, he played four games last week. Three of those, he cleared 10 three-pointers. I mean, the guy is still on fire. What's keeping Steph Curry out of relevant conversation? Uh, and what can he do to get back into the spotlight? Christy, what do you think? Okay, Steph Curry's wife is amazing. I don't know. Is she? Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, oh my God. What's her name? I don't know. Aisha Curry. Aisha Curry. Yeah, shout okay. out. She has a really awesome cookie cookbook. Cookbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's. And her personality and their kid is so adorable. Riley. Riley. Okay, he should well, be all over the news. I mean, really. Oh my God. They're like the cutest little family ever. Um, and that includes my own because mine is carbon compared to theirs. Whoa. Okay. Damn. Throwing her husband, herself, and her brand new son in the trash can there. Woo. Okay. My dog is pretty amazing. And, and when okay. she threw him, she said, Curry. She said, yeah, she didn't say Kobe. She said Curry. (laughs) All right. Well, I have to say something about Aisha before I go into this topic. I'm not a huge fan of her. I think she's a great person, but hold on. Well, Christy, you didn't hear this, all right? So here's my problem with Aisha. I got beef, okay? She was complaining that guys aren't hitting her up on Instagram and sliding in her DMs. I'm not playing. She said this stuff. You know what I mean? She's jealous that Steph Curry gets attention and she don't. That's like the most dramatic, like melodramatic bullshit. It was during the NBA playoffs when he needed to focus. And guess what? She said the shit the year they lost. Just throwing that out there, all right? So, Are you, know, you trying woman, to blame stay... a woman for a man's problem? No. <laughs> her, the she, no, that's that's her own fault. <laughs> uh, only, only somebody like, uh, and again, this is nothing to do with women and men. Only a, like a neglectful partner would put their own needs above someone else in their like the time they're stressed out. That makes no <laughs> sense. Why she would air that laundry out and say, "Oh, nobody wants me. I feel so ugly. Nobody cares." Aisha, I am sorry. <laughs> Get out of here. Back to the topic. Okay. As far as basketball goes, here's why. There's three reasons why. One, they ain't winning. That's the reality. When they were winning, he was back-to-back MVP. Now they ain't winning, nobody cares. That's the fucking reality. Two, he's not even leading the league in points per game. Bradley Beal still is. Now he's number two. Having said that, Joel Embiid is number three. He's also number seven in rebounds and number seven in blocks. 
and number 27 in assists. Steph Curry isn't even top 10 in anything outside of points. That's why nobody's talking about him. What's the motherfucker doing? Oh, he's scoring some points a little more than the other guy. Like, don't be wrong. The, the greatest shooter of all time, hands down. And also, he he runs that offense. They can't score without him. But the motherfucker should have like 38 points. Like, look what happened with James Harden. When they he didn't have anyone last year, he averaged 36 points a game. Steph Curry's averaging 31. It's a five-point difference. And I've always said that. I live in the Bay. It's where he plays. And people have always told me Steph Curry's better than James Harden, this, that, and the other. Now, yes, he's significantly more prolific shooter and things like that. But what I said is Steph Curry is not able to carry a team like James Harden was almost able to carry the team. That he could not score 36 points per game because he does not have it in him. Because he does not have that kind of game. He needs a supplementary player like Clay Thompson, or obviously when they had KD, to be able to, you know, efficiently score. Like, he's the most efficient scorer. He can score 30 points every single night, but he's never going to be able to dominate that game. And the and the game with the Raptors, where Curry was all on his own, he scored 44 points in a loss, and he tried his damnedest, and that's the best I've ever seen him do, but he can't do that. He can't carry the team on his back, and that's why he's not in the MVP discussion, because if he was able to be at least top five in the West. We'd be talking about Steph Curry, but they ain't, they ain't in the top five. They ain't even in the top eight. They're not going to make the playoffs. It is what it is. He's not in any discussion. That's what I've been getting at. I mean, we haven't brought him up until today. And, and that's because I don't want to talk about this bum. <laughs> until they actually win, I don't care about Steph Curry. Sahi, this bum, and now, now granted, it doesn't make sense. The, the Celtics beat the Warriors, and they're playing right now as, we, as we're recording. But uh, the last game they played was against the Celtics. They lost 119 to 114. Steph <clears throat> put up 47 points. He played for 37 minutes. He was 15 for 27, 11 uh, three pointers through the hoop. Why, why is this man missing from the conversation, Saeed? Uh Richie said it all. They're not winning. Um, and that's that's really what it's about, right? You got to win um, or or else nobody's going to care. Um, he, like he said, he's the he's one of the best shooters in the league. He won a three-point contest. People were going crazy right. over him then. Um, so that's really what it's about. But it's really not his fault. You know, he's, he's dealing with injuries. Um, the West has gotten stronger. They, teams have built up and prepared to beat the Warriors. They had their run, um, and it's over now. So he's really got to think about what he's going to do next year. There was talk about him going to L.A., suiting up, playing with LeBron. Um, but once he gets back winning, you know what I'm saying, and he's he's making those shots in the playoffs and playing in big-time games, people are, he's kind of just going to – be forgotten about for the season but overall he's a legend people are always going to love and talk about Steph Curry but as far as this season it's just not his time right now he's getting the Dame Lillard treatment Justin when you don't win nobody talk about you that's just the reality that's the truth Uh, Christy what do you think I think that I'm going to be the Steph Curry of today I'm a legend and I'm going to sign off here (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for your cameo here on the wire. We appreciate, we appreciate you, oh, special guests, and your analysis. I'm talking to Richie. Right and he said, y'all were doing it? And I'm like, ha, guess what I'm doing? Hanging out with you. <laughs> we, we need it. And I'm, we needed it. 
I missed yeah, the other podcast sure. today. So I had to jump on one of them, right? Right. Yeah. Got to get in somewhere. Right. Get in where you fit in, and you fit in here anytime. Aw. I can talk about all the free throws and... Yeah, and Aisha Curry and her cookbook and, and, and Riley. Most valuable and Riley. punters. Most valuable punters. They do, they do the best interviews. God, they're so... <laughs> Cutest Aren't little they family. So adorable. Cutest <laughs> little family. Cutest little family. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, gentlemen, and I will talk to you later. Adios. Peace out. The, uh, there it is, Christy from the H2G podcast. Okay, guys, we got one more story before we go to the break. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little more NBA. But um, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, his uh, four year, $9.5 million rookie contract is coming to an end. Um, and so far, all we've heard from Ravens executives is that there's an ongoing discussion. Uh, now, granted, the young man will play for another $1.7 million this upcoming season. Um, and then, from where I'm sitting, the Ravens have a few options. They do they they do have the uh, extension, the fifth year option, uh, which I believe is 1.9 mil. Um, they could offer him a you know a new contract, and uh, who knows what that would entail. Um, or is it time for Baltimore to look elsewhere? What do you guys think? I'll let Sahi go first. All right, all right. Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere anytime soon. They built that team around him um, to better fit his skill set. He's still a young guy. Um, they're just in talks of trying to, you know what I'm saying, work out the numbers. So it's best for both sides. I don't see him going anywhere. Um, he's going to be one of the highest paid players in the league. Um, he's one of the best in the league. Um, he's getting better year after year. So letting a guy like that go would be ridiculous. And like, they're not going to find a better talent like that out the gate. Um, so they need they they need him back, um, and I think that they're going to do whatever they can to get it done. Like you said, they still got their the fifth year option to pick up, so it's not anything that has to get done like right now. It's not like a Dak Prescott situation. Um, so so I, I see I see um, Lamar Jackson finishing his career with the Ravens. To be honest. Richie, typically when it's a franchise, you, you don't have to wait into the fifth year option and, and things like this. Uh, you know, they tag that franchise as soon as they can. Is is it? Does it say something that we still haven't heard? What exactly is going on over there? Um, I like the idea of the speculation, but I don't think so. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. They they tied their butt to Joe Flacco for crying out loud. Like, let's be honest here. Uh, I did some quick math. I am projecting that he makes $51 million per year. And let me explain. Russell Wilson makes $35 million, which is $10 million less than Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's right in that Russell Wilson money. But then you have to factor in he's their running back, too. So Christian McCaffrey makes $16 million. So that 16 plus 35 is $51 million. I expect him to make $51 million. He is their literal entire offense at the moment. Um, it's it's honestly like I'm more disappointed in Baltimore. I you know I think Jackson's a fantastic person, and you know he, you're not seeing any complaints or anything like that. They're you know they're stringing him along in the sense of they're milking 
the fact that they don't have to pay him? And what do they have to show for it? When you look at that team, what do they have to show for not paying him? Because when they do pay him, I'll tell you what, they're not going to magically get better, you know? So if, they're, if they're, their idea is like, keep him on the cheap as long as humanly possible, then they need to be surrounding him with talent yesterday. So I'm very disappointed with Baltimore. Again, I'm a Bengals fan, but let's keep it real. You know, we want to see people succeed. And to me, Jackson has done everything in his power to succeed there. But Baltimore, let's keep it real. Not a wide receiver destination. You saw all the wide receiver, free agent wide receivers saying, nah, I'm good. They, I mean, they tried everything, man. They tried to get Juju. They, they offered him, what, I think it was like 18 and a half million per year. And Juju took, what, 10 to stay with Pittsburgh. So I think that says it in itself in terms of like wide receivers not wanting to go there. It has nothing to do with Jackson. It's that Baltimore doesn't pay. They just don't care about that. They always want to run. Now, I'm, I'm concerned for the poor kid because he's, you know, he's a running quarterback and we don't know how much longer he's going to have to play. So to, to watch, you know, potentially he plays on a million and a half salary or whatever the stupid number it is right now. And then he gets injured and then he never gets any money. I'd be disgusted with that, quite frankly. I don't understand what they're doing. It's better to pick him up now because every year they wait, as we saw with Dak Prescott, it's just going to get more and more expensive. Do we honestly think Dak Prescott should be the number two highest paid quarterback? I personally don't, but that's what he is because Dallas sat there and waited. And it's the same thing for Baltimore. That, you know, sure, they don't want to hit 45 with Patrick Mahomes, let's keep it real, but they, they should probably try to lock Jackson in at 40 because in a year or two, when the contracts go out bigger from the TV deals, he going to get more than 45 million. Sign him now. That's my, I don't understand it. I think it's weird. Not to fuel the conspiracy fire, um, but will you be surprised? Obviously, we're a week out from the, the start of the NFL draft. That's finally going to be here. Um, and the Ravens are sitting at number 27, I think. I think they're right around the bottom of the draft pool. Do they go quarterback? I mean, what, what, what will your thoughts be there? <laughs> There's not going to be a whole lot of pick. I mean, obviously, we're all going to have something to say if Justin Fields is still available at 27. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, they, got, they have their guy. Like, barring injury... Um, something unforeseen happening. Um, Lamar Jackson is going to be a Baltimore Ravens for a while. Um, and like Richie brought up, the TV contracts, the numbers, nobody is exactly sure what the salary cap is going to look like um, come next year. Um, with COVID happening this year, the, it went down a little bit, um, even though they expected it to go up prior to that. Um, nobody there. It's an unsure time right now. So, um, I think they're just they're just taking their time. There's no need to rush it, and uh, they'll get the deal done when the time is right. He'll be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. All right. Anybody else? Yeah, Anything I mean, else? to me, I, I'm anticipating wide receiver 1,000 percent. Now, obviously, they're not going to get like the major picks because they're 27th. I expect them to get like Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. More likely, I think he would do really well with Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown. Those guys are kind of quick, but they don't have the length. So I think they're going to be looking for a taller, bigger wide receiver. Um, there's been other people that have been thrown around. Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, but I don't see that because he's like six foot, 180 pounds. He's just another Sammy Watkins. So I really do anticipate them going big and getting a big threat and a deep threat. It's the one thing they need 
because they, again, as we talked about, they have the future. I mean, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes uh, and you're talking about Lamar Jackson. They were 1A, 1B two years ago. Jackson kind of had didn't have a great season last year. So that's why he kind of fell. But let's not forget, he. you know, we're talking M, former MVP. Our, you know, what is he, 24, 23 is your former MVP. He's not going anywhere. All right. Well, we're not going anywhere either, but we are going to go to a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we've got some more headlines to cover. You are watching The Wire. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, so this is Gary43. He says, I feel like Justin is the reason this country has to put directions on shampoo. Do you even know what you're talking about, bro? <laughs> no, I don't, Gary. Fucking <laughs> 43. I have no idea. I don't even use shampoo. I just use one three-in-one body wash, you bastard. All right, this is from Karen45. How do you feel about being ranked sexiest man on your podcast when Tony looks like a barbecued Kermit the Frog? Jesus oh, Christ. Christ. <laughs> Wait a oh second. Why? That sounds like a Tony rip. Why is Marvin... That's a Tony. Oh. That's that towards me. Wow. Does Christy think having a child on her lap makes her seem more likable? Also, get some sleep. You look tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Breezy. I'm trying. Adam says, I see ratings must have been down. They recruited someone interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, thank you, Adam. <laughs> Ashley says, I watch the show a lot and I was wondering, are you all changing the name to RT2M? Richie talks too much. I don't know what to say, Ashley, other than I feel like I talk exactly as much as I should. So fuck you. Yes. Oh, boy. Margaret says... Is it me or when Tony talks, do you get the feeling he's constipated? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, that face right there doesn't really help you. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. It is The Wire. Uh, and we are moving on. And we're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, basketball, and then we'll get on to some other stuff. Um, guys, uh, it, we haven't gone a week without talking about the Nets, but how can we not? I mean, they got so many uh, stories surrounding them. So right now, KD is out again. Um, he's out this time with a left thigh contusion. Um, it's safe to say that Durant's durability is questionable for at least the rest of the season, right? Uh, possibly the playoffs. Can the Nets make it and or win the finals without KD? Nope. I mean, if, if we're looking at, at the stats here, and this is something that I don't know if you guys know or not, but, you know, KD has now missed 33 games this season. Um, additionally, Kyrie Irving's missed 16 games this season. Some of that is his, his sabbatical or his personal reasons. We're not going to dig into it, but whatever. You know, some of it's injury, some of it's 
taking time off. <laughs> Harden's missed 10 games this season. Those three, the Monstars, as Sahi liked to put it last week, have only played seven games together this whole season. And we're we're nearing the end. I mean, we've got a month, uh, like a month and a couple weeks left of the NBA season before. And then they have to stay healthy through the playoffs into the finals. What do you guys think? Yeah, with uh, they all have to be there for them to make any kind of noise. Because uh, I don't believe the East is as weak as it used to be. So it's not going to be a cakewalk like uh, the years when LeBron was in the East. Um, besides when he, you know what I'm saying, he had a, a, a couple tough challenges, got put out a couple times, mostly the Boston Celtics. But um, I'm, not, I'm not big on the history of the league or anything. But um, yeah, they're going to, especially if they get to the finals um, and face probably the Lakers, if they don't have all their guys there, they're they're gonna look bad, um, but once everybody comes back, I do expect them to struggle. Maybe in the first round, um, just getting everything going. But once they warm up, I think they'll be all right if they got everybody. But they need KD especially. If they got James Harden and uh, Kyrie Irving out there without KD, was gonna be real tough for them. Um, KD's or the number two player in the league. So um, they're going to need them to make any kind of noise. That's It's just that simple. Richie, same question. Yeah. Um, if they want to get anywhere, they're going to need Kevin Durant. And uh, I'll, I'll put it simply this way. James Harden is a top five player. Kevin Durant is a top five player. Kyrie Irving is a top 10 player and probably arguably the best scorer on their team, actually. But having said all of that, the way they play, you have two guards. Two guards in this league is not going to get anything done. You need Kevin Durant to be able to get in there and use his big body because as we just as we just found out, LaMarcus Aldridge retired because of his health. So now they don't even have any, you know, Kevin Durant's the second tallest guy on the team again. So they, they need Kevin Durant. They will not get past Philadelphia without Kevin Durant. They probably won't get past Milwaukee without Kevin Durant. Hell, I don't even know if they could beat the Hawks without Kevin Durant because the Hawks may not have a big squad, but they score 140 points just like the Nets do. And if Kevin Durant's not there, I don't think the Nets can score 140 points. So they got a lot. And that's just the East. Now the West, I'm a little disappointed because I just want to briefly mention Jamal Murray tore his ACL. So the Denver Nuggets are officially out of what I consider contention. I think they were the strongest team to give the Lakers a shot of beating them. And in addition to that, possibly winning. But without your superstar, you got no shot. So, but having, go back to the thing. Kevin Durant has to play for them. They will not win. James Harden and Kyrie Irving are phenomenal, but they both do the exact same thing. And two of the exact same thing is not how you win in basketball. You got to have a strategy. There's got to be, you know, whether it's inside out, outside in, pick and roll, you know, there's different ways you can go about it, but it can't be both of you iso ball, shoot the three pointer, hope the ref calls a foul. You can't do that to win the game. That's not, that's not going to work. Absolutely. Now my, my follow-up question on this is if, if, Kevin Durant, uh, say this is him being, um, how we've talked about, cautious. Because let's, I mean, 
let's go back to my initial statement. You don't come back from an Achilles injury, whether it be you don't come back or you don't physically come back. Um, you just don't come back from an Achilles injury like that, the way that he came out balling. He came out balling, but then he's missed 33 games this season. He's had a host of injuries all related to the same leg. Now he's out again. If they get him back, is there enough time? Because again, these three have only played seven games together. Is there enough time for them to find cohesion and 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 make something happen, even if he does come back? Yeah, I, I think so. Like I said, they maybe a, a, a round and a half of trying to get back into the swing of it because um, they wouldn't need much of KD early, but especially once you get into the conference finals and then to the finals, that's when you're going to need to be hitting on all, you know what I'm saying, cylinders. Um, so I think if he could get back maybe a week or two before the playoffs, get to a groove, kind of slide by, you know what I'm saying, and then ramp it up, which which would be tough because you're risking injury again, um, ramping it up like that. But that's what that's what that's what you got to do to win a championship. So I, we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, but I think they'll be able to just uh, get right into it. it. Wouldn't take much time for them to to find you know what I'm saying a nice cohesiveness. And- just remember, just remember, we still haven't seen them figure out defense. I mean, and part of the reason is they haven't had a full squad, and they're still yeah. fo- still focused on bringing guys like Blake Griffin. <laughs> and Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, now he's he's gone already. But you know, he's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Richie, what are your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are this: to quantify or be concerned with their lineup isn't a fair assessment to the Nets because there's Lakers are in the same problem, Milwaukee Bucks are in the same problem. Hell, the 76ers are in the same problem. Ben Simmons missed eight, 18, almost 20 games already. Every contender right now is injured or the lineup's not at a hundred percent. So if we're going to talk about like, what can these guys in the nets do? Well, I mean, to, to me is a bigger concern is the Lakers. You got three guys on the nets. If two of them play good, you know, two thirds of them play good. You good, but you only have two guys at the Lakers. One of them has a crap game. You're going to lose. I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, but having said that to the point of the nets, can they get it all done in time? I don't know, but I'll say this much. They're still second in the East, even with all these guys missing individual games. And they're only one game behind Philadelphia with Joel Embiid playing a career year. The MVP of the league, in my opinion, I or Nikolai Jokic. But having said that, you know, again, second in the league and all these guys have been missing games. They've only had seven total games combined and they're second in the East. So they're sitting pretty compared to the other teams. I mean, who, who are the teams with them? Philadelphia, big contenders. But then you look on the West, the Utah Jazz are the number one team in the league right now. And then the Phoenix Suns are number two. A lot of fraudulent random teams in there, quite frankly. So having said that, I the Nets easily can figure this out. Because as, as Sahi said, and I'm going to reiterate this, the East is not that weak like people think because they're used to the LeBron Cavaliers and him sweeping the Toronto Raptors every year. That's This is not 
the same <laughs> conference that it once was. These these both these teams have parodies. Both these conferences have goose eggs and garbage bottom teams, and then they have fantastic top end teams. And in my opinion, the East top four teams look stronger than the West top four. Although that's because the Lakers are at number four, and then number five and number six are where most of the strong teams. But that's the point. We're looking at a whole bunch of weirdness right now. Everybody's injured. It's anybody's ball game, and it's a matter of who can get healthy and start clicking. If the, the Nets are the first one to do it, I think they're the favorites, but who knows? We don't know what's going on with the Lake Show. We don't know what's going on with the Bucks. We don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. We have no clue. Hell, we're not even talking about the Clippers. I mean, we know they're not the real LA team, to Sahi's point. But there's so many teams here. We don't know who, you know, none of them are really healthy. So it, we'll see. But it was a super interesting stat. Only seven games with the Monstars. I did not realize that they've only played seven games together. But James Harden leading the league in assists. He's a monster. I mean, I know we made the Monstar joke, but James Harden's a beast. I mean, uh, and I still don't understand it. I wish he could give me the, the secret to put on. 36 some... points per game to leading the league in the assists the very next season. 36 he points per game and 36 it. pounds per week he can drop. I mean, it's yeah, crazy. That's right. Oh, yes, yes. That pregnant belly. You're right. Um, I didn't think I was going to see uh, an opportunity today to throw the wrench in the gears, but I actually do uh, just based off of your little segment there. So let's go ahead and throw a wrench in it. Is this ultimately what we were worried about back in in December and, and November? Is is this the uh, byproduct of putting a extended uh, super late finals uh, on in the bubble and then throwing a big NFL or NBA season NFL NBA season right on top of it? Is that is that what we're seeing? A byproduct of of too much basketball and too little time? I believe so. Um, we've never had <clears throat> that quick of a turnaround before. Um, so these guys have got to get used to grinding it every night, every other night. Um, it's a long season. So you just have to do what you got to do to make what really counts, you know, the playoffs. Um, the NBA season is not, nobody cares about the regular season for real. It's all about getting to the playoffs and competing for that championship. So the teams that you expect to be there, they've got guys that are out. And I think they're just trying to limp into the playoffs as best as possible. Um, nobody's caring about where we're seated, um, who we're matching up with in the first round. The only thing is, let's just get there. Uh, once we're at the dance, we can we can uh, hopefully do whatever we can to uh, to, to come out on top, and I, I think that's exactly what it is. They just started the season way too soon. Guys didn't have a chance to rest, so that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, I, I, KD doesn't have an excuse because he was out last. I mean, uh, Achilles injury, but I, I figured he'd be the guy that was really playing. Like, if you would have asked me back then who was the MVP, I probably would have said Kevin Durant because he's ready to roll. He had a whole year off, um, and he's he's ready to get back into the swing of things. But you just never know. So we'll, we'll see how it see how it progresses through, through the playoffs. Richie? All I'm going to say is this. In horse racing, when a horse has to compete too often, 
it most likely breaks its leg and it gets euthanized. <laughs> this is exactly what we were talking about. This is exactly what's happening. They're all getting injured. Or maybe it's from a couple weeks ago with Sahi's whole scheme. <laughs> Everybody's right? Maybe this is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> and like it. he said, we're all just like, you know what? Everyone knows the only time the fans care is the NBA playoffs. Whereas football, it's the inverse. Every season game, everyone's all up to, you know, and then the playoffs are kind of whatever. But the NBA playoffs are all anybody cares about when it comes to the NBA. And so maybe, just throwing that out there from Sahi's point earlier, maybe they're just all taking a break, right? LeBron hurt himself and he's like, you know what? I can't win MVP. So I'm like, I'm going to just sit this one out. Hell, right. we'll be sevens. That way we can play against, you know, the Clippers. That way they can't dodge us. That way they can't say our win was fraudulent. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're just like, you know what? The Clippers are doing well and my, my groin hurts. Fuck it. I'm just going to sit out 30 games. Maybe that's what this is. <laughs> Maybe. But I, I think I, I think I also have to agree. I think we were right, actually, back back when we, when we spoke before. It's just too much. Um, another side note on Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, Please, you're welcome to come on the wire and and redo this. We'll have the same discussion with you, and you can you can redo this. But uh, Kevin Durant was on a, a different, more popular sports podcast, and we hope to get there. And, and no no shade by any means um, this past week, and he was asked to list his top five favorite teammates to play with of all time. Let me just be very specific: favorite teammates to play with. He didn't say best. He didn't say you know goats. Nothing like that. Um, and so some of the names that he said, we'd probably expect, right? Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, Clay Thompson, Serge Ibaka? Serge Ibaka. Okay. And so then it didn't take long before uh, the host of the podcast mentioned to him, uh, what about Russell Westbrook? You do play with Russell Westbrook. And he said, oh, did I forget? So he said, oh, shit, I, I, I must be tripping. Russ, yeah, I did forget about Russ. Russ would definitely be in my top five. Fellas, my question is, was this an honest mistake? Or, or did he did he forget? Did, did he just forget? Because can you just forget about Russell Westbrook and, and mention Serge Ibaka? <laughs> I mean, here's what I'll say. I think if I were Draymond Green, I'd be more upset. And let me clarify this statement. When you look at, again, who he named, he basically named everybody on the Warriors except for Draymond Green. And then he named his buddies he's playing with now, right? And then when you look at the guy he picked, Serge Ibaka, he picked Serge Ibaka because that was his defensive anchor when he played for the Thunder. Well, Draymond Green was the defensive anchor of those Warriors teams. Like Russ Westbrook and him, you know, again, him and Russ are friends. And let me clarify, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are friends. Draymond Green is the reason Kevin Durant even went to the Warriors. Draymond Green called Kevin Durant after they lost and convinced him to come to the Warriors. So they're very close friends very close friends so having said that russ was also a very close friend so i get you know it could be russ and i'm not saying there couldn't be shade there but if i'm Draymond green i'm pretty pissed right now because we already talked about him a couple weeks ago he said i'm the best defensive player in the league and of all time he's claimed that himself so for him to lose as a best defensive player and teammate of kevin durant to surge abaka 
I'd be pissed, you know. Russ and him, I, I don't even think they care. Like, I, I truthfully don't think there's any beef or they don't even care anymore. Russ is more concerned about, like, how shitty the Wizards are, probably, than Kevin Durant. But I'm telling you, Draymond Green is probably pissed right now. If I were Draymond Green, I'd be upset. So to me, do I think there's shade in it? No, I do think he forgot Russ. But I do think there was some shade that Draymond Green was not chosen over Serge Ibaka. Uh, he, what do you make of it, man? Did he did he just forget in the moment? Would it have been a different five if we asked him again? Yeah, I think it would be a different five if we asked him again because, I mean, let's just face it. This guy hops teams more than anybody I know. Uh, so the list of teammates he's got is long. Uh, there's no way he's going to remember all those guys' names. And uh, Westbrook just happened to be the guy that got left off. Um and I don't think it's no shade towards Westbrook, even though I feel like if he had to do it again, he'd probably leave uh, Westbrook off. Like he had to be reminded, be like, "Oh yeah, throw Russ in there." But I don't, I don't think he was probably like the first person he probably thought of was like, "All right, my top five favorite." Uh, uh, teammates and Westbrook's name came up. He was like, nah, nah, I ain't gonna throw him in there. And then he list off <laughs> the other guys. Because I'll be honest, if I was a teammate of uh, uh, Westbrook, he probably wouldn't be one of my favorite players to play with either. Because, you know what I'm saying? I'd watch him play, take kind of the shots that you'd be like, Russ, what are you doing? You know, the, the meme where uh, uh, LeBron is like, <laughs> Asking uh, J.R. Smith, what is he doing? They did that a lot with Russell Westbrook. Like, what are you doing? Because um, he's he's a one-track-minded uh, a guy. He's a guy that's going to go out there and do it all. He's like, y'all get out of my way. This is my team kind of player. You see it with the, the triple-doubles. He gets all the stats. He got big men out there. He don't need to be grabbing uh, 15 and 20 rebounds a game. You know what I'm saying? You're not the point guard. You don't need to be getting all these assists. You know what I'm saying? You're not the whole team, Westbrook. That's probably what Kevin Durant was, you know what I'm saying, thinking to himself those years playing with, with OKC. Um, but, yeah, it was just an uh, honest mistake. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's got so many teammates to list off of. He's on this yeah. team. He's on that team. He went current team, the and then he went – then he went Warriors, right? So it's kind of logical. And then he was just like, shit, who was on the Thunder? And he was just, Serge Ibaka. I mean, yeah, I mean no, I, I just can't buy into that. I can't buy with all the other options to pick that the number five was Serge Ibaka. For, for He's a great run. dude, though. He's a great dude. You got to remember, Serge, Serge Ibaka was the Serge. only dude he had before Steven Adams was even drafted. He was their center. So again, yeah. like I said, like, on that, that that young Thunder team, Serge Ibaka was the, the the big brother. He was the oldest guy. So again, it could be favoritism. Who knows? All, all I can say is I don't disagree with you. It could easily be shade on Westbrook, but I'm still going with the Draymond Green. I'd be <laughs> pissed if I was him. I got three championships, and this guy going to lead me off with some dude who couldn't win with him at all and got traded? Nah. Come on. No, nah, you got to remember Draymond Green called him a bitch, and, you know what I'm saying, in the team huddle. That was kind of <laughs> He did. Story, you know what I'm saying? He did call him he that, but like, he called yeah. him that all the time. They talked about it. 
They call each other that. You know, you see, you've seen the Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant. Y'all saw that stuff. You see how Kevin Durant talked. He called people bitch and all that stuff. So I know what you mean, but I think that was blown over. What Kevin was mad about was the Warriors organization not doing anything. They didn't reach out to him. He wasn't pissed at Draymond because he was just like, you know what? That's Draymond. Like we say that shit to each other all the time. He was more upset with the the org, but I, I feel you, Sahi. You know, don't get me wrong. I do think the shade on the Westbrook, but if I'm Draymond Green, like I said, man, I'm the reason you got rings. I'm the reason yeah. <laughs> you went to the Warriors and you gonna pick Serge Ibaka right. over me? <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna talk a little baseball. We don't do this often, but there, there's a story uh, that's and, and granted. Let me just you know preface this just like we did when we started talking the Nets. Just get ready to talk about it all season. That's all I'm saying because when we started talking about the Nets, we kept saying it's early in the basketball season. But who do we talk about every freaking week now? The New York Nets. The another thing going on in New York that's not as hot. Uh, the Yankees are not looking great at all early. They're starting out five and ten on the season. This is the worst start the New York Yankees have had since 1997. They've got six guys hitting under a 200 RBI, um, and it, it looked like doomsday against the Tampa Bay Rays the other day. They lost eight to two. Okay, fans are throwing garbage and baseballs on the field at them. Um, First question, is this going to be an all-year thing with the Yankees? Are, are, is, are we about to see the Stankies all year long? Sorry. Probably. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say the Yankees, this is embarrassing. They're at almost $200 million payroll. Now, don't get me wrong. The Dodgers, the World Series champions, are 240 But the next highest is the stankies right now and they are stinking it up if our uh, the trash on there is well deserved i don't have much to say because the yankees have always been spend a lot to get a lot and right now they're spending a lot and they're not getting much um it's it's embarrassing and if i were a yankee fan i'd be very livid with the team they they are looking like uh, caca. I don't know what else to say. Do do. You know anything but the actual word. It's they're they're looking terrible, man. Uh, and I don't I don't see it getting any better. You know, like I think what was it? You said there's four batters under 200. Six, six batters out of the six nine in the lineup. Under 200. Yeah. Because <laughs> remember, they have a designated hitter. The pitcher is not a batter. So. <laughs> only one third of the team is batting over 200, which is, dude, Michael Jordan batted over 200 when he was playing <laughs> double a baseball okay let's put that into frame of reference that's how bad the yankees are currently playing and the tampa bay uh rays just to clarify Derek jeter is now an owner and all that that they have one of the smallest payrolls in the league and they just got thumped eight to two this is not looking good and the Rays are only eight and eight i mean they're not out to yeah. a stellar start they're oh no, no no but that's my point <laughs> the, the rays are you know, like like the Cleveland Indians, who's the lowest payroll in baseball, then nobody's paid, right? Like <laughs> it's basically like all the dudes nobody else wanted, and it, they're they're spending like you know the least amount. Okay, thirty nine million dollars is how much the Indians are making. The Yankees are paying 
five times more than the <laughs> Cleveland Indians. And I'm going to go check the stats while Sahi talks. I'm pretty sure their record's probably the damn same. Sahi, what do you make of, of the New York Stankies at the moment? And is this going to keep up all season? You know what? I hope it keeps up. Makes baseball, you know what I'm saying, interesting to talk about. <laughs> you know, everybody hates the Yankees, right? You know what I'm saying? So keep sucking. Um, the more you pay, the you know what I'm saying, to try to be good, is the, the funnier it is. Like, you guys you can't do nothing with all that money you're spending? And, the Indians are 8-7. 8-7, and seven. Eight and seven, that's a better record. <laughs> that is a better yeah. On one fifth of payroll, I and what probably rubs some salt into the loom before. And I have another question. Uh, then let me get tee off this. <laughs> no pun intended. Ah, fuck it, pun intended. Leading the league right now is the Boston Red Sox, who seem to be on fire with their eleven and six record. So that's got to rub a little salt into the bitter rivalry uh, into the wound. But they've got some other things to worry about. My question to you guys is: Our games, our losses in uh, April, as important. Um, to the conversation as losses in August. Are they just as important? No. I, I hate when people try to make this argument because there's this thing called momentum. And when you're in a close race, those games at the end are what dictate that momentum and that psyche. Sports are completely a mental game. All these athletes have the physical skills and tools. Now, obviously some have greater than others, but it's the mental fortitude and the toughness of dealing with the adversity at the end of the season. Don't get me wrong. If the beginning doesn't go well, you won't even have that end. But in terms of which losses are more important, I I don't believe in that. They're all the same. They're not all the same in any sport. The tail end of the season, when you're neck and neck, those losses matter way worse than when you're starting off Five and ten, for instance, right? The Yankees can still turn it around, but let's talk about them come September, you know. And now they're close with the the Red Sox, and they're trying to squeeze into the wild card, and you know they're neck and neck. And then then that's when that two hundred million dollar payroll is really going to start getting hitting the news, and that's when people are going to really start getting on the Yankees. So to me, in all sports, not just baseball, the end of the season games matter more when there's a race obviously if there's no race every win and loss matters the same but we're talking about when it matters and there's significance and the only significance is did you make the playoffs and people aren't gonna be worried about the beginning of the season they're gonna be like they choked at the end that's how they'll always focus on that's the narrative of any sport so to me the end of the season matters more just due to the psychology of sports Saeed, do you agree or do you do you think there's more weight in, in the early games um, than, than what Richie's giving credit for? Yeah, he said it perfectly. He said, I couldn't have said it any better. All right. Well, then we'll just move on. I'd love that we all get along, but, you know, once in a while, I wish you guys would, would get at each other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, hey, got... asshole, you can get after us. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got nothing to come after. I, I'm just uh, I'm just a moderator. No. Okay. So for our last story, I saved probably the biggest story in sports right now. And it, it is getting for sure. um, for absolutely sure. crazy. Uh, 12 of Europe's biggest soccer clubs announced this week that they want to break away from the established soccer order and form a European Super League. The league, should it be established, 
would offer permanent spots to some of the world's biggest clubs, and they'd play matches midweek while allowing the the involved clubs to remain in their domestic competitions. Now, currently, this plan is opposed by FIFA, and I'm sorry if I say it wrong, UEFA. Uh, They're the governing bodies for international and European soccer, respectively. And UEFA is actually threatening legal action against these 12 teams and could, in theory, ban them from future competitions. It's a huge debacle. We've got about yeah, eight minutes of playtime. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just want to find out what side are you guys on and why. I'm on the side of, you know, what I'm saying, if the 12 best teams want to do their thing um, and have a little leak, go ahead and do it. That, that's gonna one make soccer have something more interesting to look at um, for the casual fans. I know the diehard fans are going to be like, no, tradition, and this is the way it should be, and you know what I'm saying? But for me, I'm like, man, these are these are the 12 best teams soccer has to offer. Okay, let, let, let me possibly tune in and, and see what the best of the best is about. Um, you you kind of get that um, argument in college football, like the the top college football team should have their own league and break away from the NCAA, which is which is a fine idea. Something I know they're probably not going to do, but it's it's a good idea nonetheless. Um, it, it doesn't hurt. I don't I don't think it's something that would ha- that would have to be forever. You know what I'm saying? Let's give it a shot. Um, I know soccer is one of the most popular sports around the world, but me, uh, a regular dude, and uh, in America, you know what I'm saying? American football, as they call it, is is what's getting my eyes. So if the, if uh, the world soccer can present something to people like me, like, yo, these are the best of the best. You're not going to see it any better than what you're seeing right here. Then that, that that might be something interesting and something new to bring in more fans. Um, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's that's my opinion on it. Just to name a few, we've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham. Uh, Richie, what do you make of this Super League concept? And, and I think I... Go ahead. Honestly, go ahead. I think this is a terrible idea. I'm disgusted by it. And let me explain. Football, I'm not going to say soccer like Sai. Football is about relegation, right? They're supposed to, there's consequences to your losses, right? Like the Yankees having a $200 million. Nothing happens if they lose, if they suck. The fans boo them, but guess what? They're in New York City, just like the, the Knicks. Perfect example. They suck every year. And every year the fans clamor, ah, this could be our year. Right. And here's another example. Okay. Imagine if we had basketball, like only 12 teams. Well, guess what? Somehow the New York Knicks are going to be in that super league, even though they sure as fuck don't deserve it. And there was no way they would ever have to leave that league. That's the problem. Now I agree with Sahi. Are these the 12 mega teams? Absolutely. But who does this help? The owners of the mega teams. It doesn't help the athletes. The owners get the money. The owners get the TV deals. All these smaller teams, like for instance, Leicester City, right? Leicester City could win the Premier League. And they're they're a town, like, well, they're not a town. They're a city of like 200,000 people, right? That's super cool if they win and they, they beat the Yankees in their $200 million contract. Well. Now they can't because now they don't even get to compete. 
Um, and again, that's where this is going to get tricky. You're, there's going to be a lot of legal, like there's going to be a lot of lawyers and legal speak involved in this because at the end of the day, what you're seeing is every mid and small club getting screwed by the 12 richest teams, you know, in, in soccer, as Sahis likes to call it. But let me clarify that again. Just because they have the most money does not mean that we deserve, oh, that's the only teams we should be having eyes on because that's not how sports works, right? At the end of the day, it's about the, the the fundamental like organization and their upkeep and their general managers and things of that nature. So I'm not happy with this because this was the only thing that made football slash soccer unique is having relegations. And if you lost, you had to play with the scrubs and triple A baseball and then double A and you had to work your way back up. You had to prove yourself to the fans that you were the best teams in the league. And now you, you cruise control. Oh, we're, was it one of the 12 richest? Cool. We can suck this year. Doesn't matter. We went 0-12 and, and $200 million contract. No, no big deal. We're still making $500 million. I am not happy with this because it loses the integrity and the competitiveness of what makes soccer slash European football slash fo global football unique. There was competitiveness. There was always consequence. Every win and loss mattered. And now they mean nothing. So it, all this did is Americanize it in a really weird way that I don't think is better. Now I will say this, globally to Sahi's point for people who don't watch, it's going to get more press now because these are the, the big teams. So it might, you know, Sahi might keep, keep his eyes on it now. He might actually give a, a crap because you're going to see the big name players. So from that perspective, there could be more marketability. But again, these athletes are the ones suffering because they're the ones not getting this money. It's the ownerships of these 12 clubs. So I'm not happy because, again, there's so many football teams. And the, now a lot of these, you know, middle quality players and lesser players lose even more of the pie than they already did in half, right? We look at like Patrick Mahomes making 45 million and then, you know, an NFL scrub makes what? 250,000. Well, now that scrub doesn't even get to play. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You, like you're taking jobs away essentially. So I'm not a fan of this move. Like I said, it ruins the competitiveness and it ruins what I think what made it cool to me every loss and win having value and now i don't feel like it will now the initial the initial pitch was for it to be in addition to uh premier league play and standard league play and and now with all these lawsuits clearly it would it would it would almost have to be a separate entity i think this is going to hit the pockets of one richard masters chief executive of the premier league or the fapl you know the the, the, the owners that make up the rest of these teams that aren't you know, selected to, to jump off into this Super League. I think this is going to be a long financial battle uh, with lots of lawsuits tied into it. Yeah, we'll um, see where this goes. Who knows, man? <laughs> we, we will definitely have to tap back into this and, and talk a little bit about it. Okay, so for the wild card this week, I figured we would follow up on, we, we mentioned Jake Paul was going to fight Ben Askren's. Uh, that did happen. Sahi, why don't you give us a skinny? And Richie, you can follow up and then we'll close it out. You want me to get a skinny? Oh, Ben Askren taking a dive off a of one punch from Jake Paul, the YouTuber. He's not even a real boxer. He made him look like Mean Joe. 
me and like Joe Frazier or something. Uh, you know what I'm saying? What's his name? George Foreman. George Foreman. Yes, yeah, he has some serious power in his hands or something. Um, but it was it was an interesting build up to the uh, to the fight. Um, it gave you an unknown. Uh, this guy's not really a boxer. He's fighting a, a world champion wrestler, a guy not known for his striking, but he's a he, he's a heck of a fighter. The story going in, he's got a chinny chin chin. He's not just going to take one punch and go out like he uh, like he did. Um, so I was excited to see it. I thought Ben was going to get the win, and then one minute in the first round, Jake hit him, and he just went flying to the canvas. Um, it, it, it was a great uh, event um, as far as like what they put together. Um, the actual fights, I wasn't really a big fan of. Um, they didn't really have any really memorable fights. The, the thing I remember most, um, which is really weird, uh, <laughs> uh, it was Justin Bieber's performance. I'm not a Justin Bieber fan, but he did a he had a great performance. And paying the pay-per-view just for that was, was enough. I'll say this much. Freddie Roach, legendary boxing coach, said Ben only was willing to work with him for a week. So to Sahi's point, this basically was Ali versus uh, Sonny Liston 2 and a phantom punch. There's not much else to say. He took a dive. He made his million dollars. Have a good night. That was that yeah. was the entire event. <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to do it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to take it home. Go ahead. I'm going to do it. For The Wire. We'll see you next week. Sahi's going to lead us off. We got some more topics to hit. You might just see another guest. Who knows? Appreciate it, everybody. Have a good night. You know, I didn't get to watch the fight, but I'm, I'm almost bad. He's 3-0, though. That could be frosty. <laughs> no, it's totally for could be. 